Welcome to the Propaganda Report. This is Monica Perez here with our favorite election integrity activist, Garland Favrito of VoterGA.org, here for our weekly update of the progress in the examination of Fulton County ballots, the lawsuit that he has been slowly but surely getting victory after victory. I do claim that they kick his can a little bit down the road, but we are here to find out. He he will never stop. Uh, exhausting the process, and that's what we're counting on. So please, Garland, thank you so much for being here. How are you, and what's happening? Um, so, Monica, my head is spinning this week. We've had so much breaking news, um, and I'm going to uh, try to just mention three cases, and then we can walk through each of the three things that happened this week. So we had... Um, Breaking news and the fact that there's 18,000, uh, uh, excuse me, let me back up. Transfer custody forms from drop boxes are missing for 18,000 ballots in Fulton County. That was a story that was broken by the uh, Georgia Star this week. And there's a couple of stories. Uh, uh, articles out about that. And it's a very interesting uh, story. And we're going back and forth about that. I'll tell you all about that. Another uh, thing that uh, came out this week was the fact that the hand count audit results don't add up at all. This was a story uh, from John Solomon of Just the News. Uh, great, great piece. And um, the third story had to do with, with CD Media breaking the story about the happy face um, contractors that contract for all around the state. They are funded, uh, well, their debt is secured by a, a company called Now Account, which is 16% owned by Stacey Abrams. What's it called? So now Account? Now, now Account, yes, yes. So, um, all those stories broke, different parts of them broke this week, and it's been an incredible, uh, you know, uh, any one of the three is a national story. Right. But to have three of them in one week um, um, is just beyond belief. And and so it's been really, really, really crazy week. Maybe they're maybe they're trying to they figure pull it all out at once so nobody can really focus on each one individually, but we are going to focus on each one individually. First, I just want to point people to the banner, which is uh, the latest ruling from the judge or in part and parcel of Garland's victory to inspect the ballots is that, and I actually think it's a good thing because it takes the uh, any kind of controversy of taxpayer funded, whatever, off the table. But Garland and his contributors organization has to actually pay for the inspection of the ballots and the ballots just for anybody who hasn't been listening to our updates the uh there were audits in georgia recount stuff like that but and you'll hear about that well why are they still bothering with this there were audits and they found no evidence of fraud that is not true there were garland and his people have uh are aware of and have submitted to the court four sworn affidavits of people inspecting those mail-in, auditing the mail-in ballots and have found that they were not on the proper, like they believe they were not on the proper paper stock, did not have folds in them and were not hand marked. So maybe they were printed out already marked out uh, with toner. They want to see the ballots because they feel there is evidence of fraud. 
And believe it or not, after all this time, we are slowly making progress and we're close. Hopefully we're close to actually seeing those inspection, those ballots. The judge did rule that they were allowed to watch, look at the ballots, um, but they have to pay for it themselves. So if you could contribute at VoterGA.org slash donate, they don't need a ton of money, but it would be nice if they um, nobody had to go out of pocket who are putting all their time, effort and money into this. So I've contributed. The people who are listening right now have contributed. So if you can't, if you can't, don't. But if you can be part of the solution, VoterGA.org slash donate. And um, Monica, thank you for that. And it's because of you know, your listeners and people all around the country that we've been able to s- survive and, and really succeed um, and where others have, have failed. So we owe everything to the patriots in Georgia and throughout the country who have just come to our rescue and, and kept a lot us- of- yeah, a lot of people are putting their time and effort and uh, traveling. And there there are people who are bigger people who are putting uh, some dollars behind it. And I feel like people are really interested in getting the answer. And it might be interesting for people to realize that neither Garland nor I voted for Trump in November. We are not. Wow. Uh, thank you. That's my propaganda report, Mike, they, that we did not vote for Trump. This isn't about Trump. It's not about victory. It's about election integrity. And they are using uh, the the federal legislators are using full stories about what happened in November to make things worse, to federalize the elections in a wor- with worse outcomes. So it will be important to find the truth about this so that when you're fighting this legislation, you can say, hey, that doesn't address the problem. That makes it worse. You're wrong. This is what happened, not that. So this has broader implications. There's also the Senate race that the the one of the issues here is the right. Senate race was very close between Ossoff and Purdue. And um, if uh, if the ballots that are in question actually swung towards Purdue, it would be uh, a there might not have ever had to been a runoff, which would mean that the Senate right now would be 51 49 Republican. So there are a lot of issues at stake here. It would be good if we could get this done sooner, the better, and you could be part of the solution. Amen. Yes. All right. So what is the latest on the, uh, the transfer forms? What does that mean? Tell me again what that is. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's a great story. And um, hopefully we'll get some, um, folks to put um, these in the chat while, while we're going through them. Um, but anyway, um, so the, the drop boxes have transfer forms that for chain of custody that they, um, when the ballots are taken out of the drop box and they're brought into the counties, you know, there's certain forms that people sign, you know, that, that when they pick them up and take them off. And um, so it was a great, great articles by Georgia Star this week that said they have done this um, and they found that the what they got from Fulton County, they made open records requests for the transfer forms and they got them and they Fulton County was short 18,000 uh, forms, forms for 18,000 ballots. What does that mean? Yeah, so what that means is they can't account for 18,000 ballots that are in the system, mail-in so- ballots. So the ballots existed, but they were never transferred into what would be counted. Uh, right, right. So, so that well, no, no. I'm sorry. Let me let me reverse. Is it the that. opposite? It's the opposite. Right. The ballots were counted, but 
There's no chain of custody. Nobody can explain where they came from. Right. Yeah, so we've got 18,000 ballots that were counted. Nobody can explain where they came from. So that, um, And you don't know which ones they are, right? It's just a number. Right. We only know that they're mail-in ballots. Can you tell, like, what zip code they were from? No. No, we don't know. All we know is that uh, we've got, you know, Fulton County said that they have 78,000 ballots that came from the Dropbox, but they only have chain of custody forms for 59,000. Right. So who put the other 18,000 ballots in the system? Where did they come from? Uh, and are they valid ballots? You know, these are some questions that um, need to be asked. I have a question and, for you. Sure. And so when we talked to Misty, she said that there were drop boxes at polling places or at post offices that didn't that they didn't realize needed transfer forms. Could that explain it at all? Is the is the magnitude of the problem close to what? Do you remember what she was saying? Yes, I don't think so because see, her box was at the elections office itself, and you would not necessarily need a transfer form if your box was at the election office. However. In Fulton County, these uh, they have they had drop boxes all over the county, uh, which, by the way, violates the equal protection clause of the Georgia and U.S. constitutions for other counties and other voters because they didn't have drop boxes all over their counties. So uh, it's a the whole thing, the whole issue of drop boxes is unconstitutional to begin with, for the most part, unless they're applied equally. Right. Say, for example, at early early voting locations, and that's okay. And the new Georgia law remedies that, right? Uh, it sort of remedies, but it's not it's not clear. It appears that it still allows the county some jurisdiction, some leeway to to put um, make things unequal. Um, okay. it, it, if they it, wanted to, yeah, it, it it gives them an out. It should have been shut down to only early voting. Uh, locations, but I don't think it was actually shut down quite that much. I think there's a loophole in it. The last I read it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so this was the so the eighteen thousand ballots are in question, and um, so Georgia Star breaks this story, and then here's where it gets really interesting. So yesterday, uh, or was it today? I don't even. I've lost track of it. I think it was yesterday. Georgia Public Broadcasting, who uh, does it, does a story and says, "Well, we requested the same thing, and we got them all. We got them all, but uh, you know, eight, uh, maybe all but I don't know, eight boxes or something, about all but a, a couple thousand. Well, that's kind of interesting because now they would make the request as soon as Georgia Star breaks the breaks the story, and then suddenly they come up with them all, or Fulton County produces them all." out of the blue than happened before. Now, so then they try to accuse Georgia Star of lying or, for, you know, stretching the truth. So I decided to basically, uh, you know, get, in, get involved in this a little bit because we have a, a, a person who you know who's done all this transfer form uh, request for all these different counties. And uh, he did the same thing. He made the exact same request Georgia Star did and he got roughly the amount of forms for the exact same ballots that they got. And we 59,000. Right. Yeah. I think ours was like a little over 60,000. 
So we did uh, that request long, long before uh, oh. before Georgia State, Georgia Star did. Wow. So now you've got a real question is, why is this GPP uh, reporter, is why is he uh, able to get this information supposedly, although he never produced the information, why was he able to get this information that uh, that we didn't get and what and Georgia Star uh, didn't get. Uh, Hold on. And so a while back, you found that there were 60,000 ish uh, transfer forms. Did you not know that there were 78,000 ballot uh, Dropbox ballots? Did you not notice the discrepancy? Why didn't you sound the alarm? Well, we were going to use that in court. Ah. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you don't want to give away. You got your, scooped. Yeah, you don't want to give away. But that's the trouble. We're getting scooped all over the place now. Right. Uh, so now we're going to have to fight harder because the defense is going to know all the stuff that we were going to pull out of our pocket. Um, but, yeah, and actually, I don't know that we'd even checked, double checked that number yet, the 78,000. But um, so... So now it's interesting as to how, how is it that GPB can be in the tank for uh, the sector? So we already have them in the tank for the sector of state and Fulton County. And now suddenly they're getting this stuff, information supposedly that nobody else can have, but they don't want to publish it. So does that mean that they are just basically uh, throwing out false information or did they really get the stuff? And uh, how did they get it? Did um, Fulton County just manufacture it and give it to them after they found out that it was gone. You know, a lot of questions uh, are, are being asked about this report now. How are transfer forms filled out? Are they filled out like with a pencil or are they printed off? Like, is it possible to say these 18,000 things were filled out by the same person at the same time? Or you know what I mean? Can you physically inspect those transfer forms and find out anything? Yes, yes. And uh, um, one of our, our fellows is David Hancock is really good at doing oh, that. Oh, I love so, him. Yeah, I know you. Uh, and also the Georgia Star has done a lot of information about that. So so there's lots of stuff you can check. You can check to say, well, when, when did they get them? Uh, when were the when were they? Um, you can check when they picked up. They might pick them up every couple hours. So if there's this huge stack that came in over a two-hour period, you can kind of suspect that somebody dumped a bunch of ballots in there. Um, so um, this whole thing about drop boxes just drives me nuts. It should, never should have been, but go ahead. So the transfer forms have timestamps? Um, yeah, so you pick them up at a certain time and you sign for them if you are, if you are the, the um, designated person to pick them up. So you have a, a, a time that you pick them up you have to sign for them. Uh, I think there is a quantity uh, that you have to uh, account for. And then you take that same quantity uh, in and sign for it uh, again when it's dropped off at the county. So I think that's right. roughly roughly how it works. Right. Wow. Uh, OK, so so what's so what's next? So they said, OK, oh, we found them. That's what they said. Oh, we found those 18,000 and. Right. I mean, that's what you're saying. They produced. They found the forms for the ballots, supposedly. Right. And you. Well, and, we'll see but we don't know for sure. You, yeah, you haven't seen that with your own eyes. Uh, correct. No, no one has seen it with, the, uh, with their own eyes except for GPB, which makes you wonder about GPP, particularly since their reporting has been so inaccurate 
about our case in particular and intellectual integrity in uh, in, in general. Um, so this is Georgia Public Broadcasting that you have a petition against, right? Should we tell people correct. about that petition? Yeah, um, the CPGA uh, did a petition uh, for uh, uh, to tell Georgia Public Broadcasting, by the way, CPG is Constitution Party of Georgia. They did a petition to tell Georgia um, Public Broadcasting that they need to stand with the facts, which is their motto, which they have completely disbanded. Uh, and they no, no longer are, are really providing any facts about the election integrity issues in the state of Georgia, despite the fact that they're Georgia Public Broadcasting. So um, the Constitution Party of Georgia has on their website um, somewhere on there, you can find it. There's a petition that you can sign to to uh, stand with the facts. And, and that goes to three of the top uh, executives at Georgia Public Broadcasting. They're ex-senior VP of External Affairs and their um, digital, uh, director, uh, mar <coughs> digital marketing director, and as well as the content and programming director, uh, vice president, excuse me. So, uh, yeah, we need to, um, you know, Get, they need to get on board with, with the facts. They need to get on board with the facts and the truth. So, so this is gonna. You'll see more about this next week, and we'll probably be talking more about it um, because um, I, I think there's. We, we're gonna have to try to find out who's you know why the the reporting of GPB is so biased uh, over this particular issue. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh... Right where the I just want to put up a little banner so people can sure. see that. Sure. The Constitution Party of Georgia is demanding that Georgia Public Broadcasting stand with the facts. So if you want a to sign that petition, did you say where can it is it at the Georgia Party, the Constitution Party of Georgia website? Uh, yes, it is. It's on the uh, it's on the website. And maybe we can find that. Um, uh, and and stick it in the chat for you uh, a little bit later on. In okay, the, uh, in, that'd be in great. And the, the whole thing, it's, it's gaconstitutionparty.org. Uh, gaconstitutionparty.org is the, is the website. And then if you go in there, there's a little drop-down menu, and you will find uh, a little thing that says uh, uh, take action. Take action. Is it, is it take action? Is it a dash? Uh, well, there's a, there's a menu option. Oh, little, okay. Little okay. blue menu option. Yep. Take action, and that is the you can sign the petition for uh, to get Georgia Public Broadcasting to to stand with the facts. And you all, there's also a petition up there for Chris Carr uh, to who filed the amicus brief, and it's a vote of no confidence in in him. So um, he was the one who's, who is it, put us against election transparency. So Chris Carr went on uh, and filed the amicus brief and put the state on record as being against election transparency. Uh, really, really bizarre. I think someone just joined us. Kevin thinks that we are Trump supporters, it sounds like. Neither of us voted for Trump. We are not Trump supporters. We yeah. are simply interested in examining ballots that there are sworn testimonies that they have evidence of fraud. That's all. It's just about election right. integrity. Nothing yeah. else. Garland's fought on right. both sides of that issue, shoulder to shoulder with Democrats, Republicans. Neither of us is a Democrat or a Republican. 
So it's just about yeah. integrity. And I think never, process is important. Yeah, never have been. But, you know, that's a standard line we get a lot. Um, yes. But from people who don't know any better. Yeah, but so, maybe um, now he knows. But now, but now no. So, yeah. um, uh, in fact, I'm actually, I have a sworn affidavit that I didn't vote for Trump. I, you know, I, wow. I, in, in my affidavit, uh, I explain who I did vote for. I voted for our Constitution Party candidate in a write-in. Um, right. I wrote in Ron Paul, but, like I always do. Hopefully exactly. <laughs> I'll find somebody else by the time he shuffles off this mortal coil. Uh, mm-hmm. OK, so Garland, anything else on that first story at this time? No, no I think we can uh, uh, go ahead and, and uh, go to the second story. Yeah. Um, so I guess that story was um, broken. I'll, I'll do the CDM story. So. Fulton County uses this contracting firm called Happy Faces. And uh, it turns out that Happy Faces is, um, they, they, they provided elections of um, workers. And the organization is, you know, there's always been the kind of questions about why do they use Happy Faces? The, the people are uh, of questionable competency and um, and a lot of issues that have come up about them. But basically, the the interesting point that came up this week is that they are funded um, or their debt is secured by a group called, um, I think it's the Count Now, Now Account, I believe it's called, Now Account is the name of it. And that is uh, over 15% owned by Stacey Abrams. So, and then we find out that uh, this was the CDM Press broke this story. And then we find out that not only that, um, Happy Faces has been raking in millions of dollars from all kinds of state government agencies, not just Fulton County. So uh, why is that, you know? Isn't that a conflict of interest? What's the CDM, the Constitute, what is that? Oh, uh, CDM Press, um, Creative Destruction Media, CDM.press. Oh, CDM Press. Yeah, if anybody wants this, they can go to CDM.press and then they can just uh, basically probably just search for happy faces and then all that will come up. So anyway, so that's kind of an interesting story that that broke this week. Well, Kevin, uh, who thought briefly that we voted for Trump or something. I don't know. He said that if you go deep enough, every company will be owned by a Republican or a Democrat. How do you answer that? Uh, that's I think that's obviously bogus. I mean, you know, lots of companies out there are not owned by a Republican or a Democrat. You mean, uh, yes, that's true. But also a highly partisan person whose occupation is solely dedicated to uh, election issues and clearly with a partisan bent. You would not want people who are funded by a highly partisan um, person to engage in something that's supposed to be a nonpartisan activity that in itself would if proven there was bias there that would be an equal protection issue maybe or what would that issue be i mean it's just oh, would be biased. Biased. it's a conflict of interest a moral hazard yeah yeah conflict of interest uh, i think would be right. and i and i would yeah i think it would be difficult it's like if you want to own a casino you're not supposed to have any connections with the mob and trump somehow got that 
you know, that did not apply to him. So you have to wonder when stuff, you know, behind the scenes would not work for you. It doesn't pass the smell test. Mm-hmm. So that I think that's kind of sums up the second story. Okay. Um, and then the and third the, one. The is, third one that yeah. broke this week was just the news. John Solomon did a report on how the audit data doesn't add up in Fulton County. And this is what we already knew. And we, I think we've talked about on the show before. Um, the, the, and we had expert witnesses. So the hand count audit that was conducted by the Secretary of State's office uh, has a 21% error rate in it, uh, according to expert witness testimony that was presented in our case back on May 21st. So um, there's no explanation. You know, a 21% error rate is just like incredibly crazy. What does that uh, mean exactly? That the ballots were pushed into adjudication or what's an error? Oh, no, I'm sorry. In this case, the error is that with the audit said that these were, these were this results, but the ballots say something different. So how do you have, if the audit says, I'll give you an example. We, 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 sound, we found a lot of these. Uh, the audit says that there is, uh, well, I'm sorry, the ballots say that there's 63 for, in a batch for Joe Biden and 37 for Donald Trump, 100, ba- 100 in a batch. But then you look at the audit results that are reported to the Secretary of State's office, and it says it's 100 for Biden and zero for Trump. Well, how can that be? You know, who who wrote the data in that was incorrect there? Was that, did that come from Fulton County or did Secretary of State's office put the false data in? But, you know, it's obviously it's false. And the question is who did it? And um, there's just tons and tons of, of incorrect information uh, in the Fulton County audit. And it's not even just limited to Fulton County. Other counties have the same problem. But I remember one of the biggest issues is that during the audit, your precincts or whatever your local level that counted the ballots would record the audit, would record their information and upload it. And the secretary of state aggregated that information so that the people who actually eyeballed the ballots can't eyeball the actual recorded audit number. Are you saying that in the places where they did write down their own ballot results, they could determine that? Or how is this determined when the audit and the ballots like missed connecting each other? Well, so to your point, the chain of custody was broken. So because the counties entered the data into the secretary of state's system, they don't have their own results. So that's your that's your point. So now we know that the results that were entered in the secretary of state's office don't match the actual ballot images that were that were scanned and, and accumulated. So why is that? You know, why is it that the images and the audit, uh, the actual audit results that the Secretary of State published, why are they not correct? Oh, you're saying at right. the aggregate level. Right, right. We don't have ballot images. We don't have right. correct ballot images for the okay. results that the Secretary of State published in the audit. Okay. And it's probably the other way around. We might have the correct ballot images, but the results are bogus. So okay. one way or another, it's not right. So here's so I guess this goes to an original question that isn't that like people did not uh get ahead of in time. So it's not included in your case. But 
the question is, okay, so we were told Georgia was under scrutiny. They did a recount. They did an audit. And the numbers from the first election and the recount and the audit are different. And that raises the question, why? And there's just, and this is part of that, like the, the issue, you do the recount, you do the audit to validate and verify the original election results. Right. If there are differences, although the law must have been very poorly written because there's no process for vetting the issue if issues are found. So they perform the recount, they perform the audit. And when issues were found, there's no process for pursuing that. So we are identifying, OK, the issues were found. They have not been resolved. This is the magnitude of it. Twenty seven percent. What's your answer here? Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and. Regard, regardless of what the other two counts were, you know, we had an original count, recount, and audit. So just the audit itself doesn't add up. And that's what we were counting on because the recount just accumulates votes that are in a barcode, as is the original count. So the recount just reprints previous unverifiable results. Results. So the only thing that where you actually counted the ballots legitimately was the audit. And now we found out all the data that was entered in the audit is bogus. Now, it doesn't it doesn't match the actual ballot images that we've seen even at the low 200 DPI resolution. So that's kind of, that's what the evidence uh, some of the evidence that came out uh, of the expert witness testimony in May. And then um, the um, John Solomon picked up on this and did a more in-depth deep dive. Uh, they've got folks that are looking at the at the data and, you know, the data's not adding up, just like the Georgia Star thing. And you know, fortunately, they're doing a lot of, uh, you know, helping us out a lot um, with the, all this investigative reporting, which, um, you know, is just basically proves that what we've been saying all along is, in fact, true, that it doesn't add up. So so we, we have just it doesn't add up, which is like a sanity check thing. It doesn't add up. There's a problem here. And then you have separately what your lawsuit's about is actual identified, articulated, specific issues with defined ballots with the mail-in ballots in Fulton County have specific issues. So there could be myriad issues because the numbers don't add up and your issues alone wouldn't even solve that problem. So there are other problems. That's right. So the counterfeit issue, counterfeit ballots is one is one um, issue. Right. And then the other issue, which is part of the scope of our case is, well, if they're not counterfeit, then why don't the totals add up? The totals for the valid ballots don't add up. So we've got a double whammy, and this is why the Secretary of State's been opposing us. And with an amicus brief, he doesn't want, he didn't really want that to come out, but it's pretty much out of the bag now. Well, he was getting some press there for a while. Uh, when the New York Times did their hit piece on you, Ravensburger was uh, reported across the board in the national news as standing with you, basically. He said he was in, in favor of inspecting the ballots. Am I mistaken? But he's not actually, that's not how the he's acting. Officially. Correct. Well, that's exactly right. And the day that he made that press uh, release, that he was in favor of what we're doing, after the judge ruled in our favor, right. he, then, he then comes out and says he's in favor. The same day, the assistant attorney general is, arguing against us with and arguing for their amicus briefs to try to stop this 
inspection because they were totally against transparency. So that's the most perfect example I think you can ever have of the Secretary of State lying without conscience on the same day. Yeah. Uh, all of that occurred at the same day. And shortly thereafter, wasn't there a Republican, I guess, convention of sorts in Georgia where some of these people were actually booed? Absolutely. Well, Ravensbury didn't show, I don't think, but um, the uh, Chris Carr, the attorney general who, who, who voluntarily wrote the brief or got his assistant attorney to write it, um, um, because I don't know that he could put together a brief. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he, yes, he was just about booed off the stage for six minutes on, a, on the Friday of the, that the uh, convention opened. Um, people were very upset about that. And that's not the only thing that he's done. He also signed that consent agreement, which uh, messed up the signature requirements and tremendously reduced those and, and got other, you know, possibly invalid signatures uh, to be on for votes that, and for ballots to be counted. But then the other thing, you know, he just has never been really been qualified. He didn't have an active license when he was uh, appointed by Governor Deal to, um, to be the attorney general of the, of the state of Georgia. So, wow. so he's got, the man's got a lot of issues and, you know, I think he's would be best off in, in private practice, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's so the, he got booed. And also Brian Kemp, the governor got booed uh, oh. significantly wow. uh, when, when he spoke at the Georgia Republican convention. And these are Republicans being booed by Republicans. You know, it's not like Republicans being booed by Democrats or vice versa. So this is their own folks. What was the issue? This is a little bit of a separate issue, but like, what was the issue with the signatures? Can you can you say what the issue was, what the resolution was and what your position is? Do you have a minute for that? Yeah. So the consent agreement was just simply that it. it it's complicated, but it allowed. A county to to verify the signatures of when they receive or get a ballot back uh, according to the application and not necessarily the voter registration that's on pile. And for that reason, uh, it was different than Georgia law and really it was a violation of Georgia law. Um, but that allowed more matches of signatures in, to be declared valid than before. So Fulton County reject rate went from about three and a half percent to um, about 0.3 percent after that change was made. So they went from a, I think it would be a type one error to a type two error. I can't remember now, but like they, it maybe was including too many rejections before, but now it's virtually none, which means that that anything can get through. Yeah, it's very, uh, at least in Fulton County, it was very, very unrestricted compared I, to what it was before. I think what is a stumbling point in my mind when I think about these kind of election laws is I try to see both sides of the policy and I try to think about it from a perspective of election integrity. And but but what I think a better way to understand it is that the people who are crafting these policies, you have to consider the possibility that they intend 
to violate election integrity. They intend to uh, steal elections. And this is both parties. Like I, I think in I've heard rumors, I've read reports, I've seen testimony, and I think you've had the experience that this is not a Democrat or Republican thing. But you have to look at the laws as saying, if somebody wanted to corrupt the election, does this law make that easier or harder? It's not about who who about disenfranchisement. It's about if you want to have election integrity, does this make it easier or harder? And if it makes it harder for election yes, integrity, yes. it's an invitation for corruption. Yeah, it, it, it definitely makes it easier um, by changing the restrictions, which I think were illegal, illegally done. So definitely. Yeah. OK, uh, I'd like to get to some questions. Do you have okay. anything else on your on the news of the week? How's the um, June 21st date looking? Yeah. So that's Monday. And you know, if you want to do a few questions first and then we can talk about yeah. what's what's coming up. Uh, but Monday we go back to court. There's going to be a lot of technical uh, jockeying. Um, and yeah, we're holding up pretty well. Uh, we're hanging in there. I'm not too sleepy today. So, oh, um, yeah. So did you get my uh, present? I did. I did. <laughs> uh, you sent me uh, two cases of Sundrop. I actually, you know, I, I got that and I was drinking. I, I was trying to remember where did I drink a Sundrop? I think it's on Monica's show. But it's I, I had didn't... to go back and look at the videos because I couldn't remember what it was called. I never had one of those. It's a total Georgia uh, thing. I never drink that stuff. I can't. I don't drink. Yeah. So, so I had to go back. And I was like, what episode was it? And I had to slow it down. And sometimes the can wasn't facing the camera. And then and I knew you wouldn't like it that I actually sent it to you in the mail, even though it's like, you know, half the price around the corner. But I just thought it was. Funny. Oh, I know. It was funny because I, I got it came from Lexington, North Carolina. I think they make <laughs> uh, they make cheer wine and sun drop up there. Uh, so uh, so I'm got, I got this can and I'm, and I'm thinking, I looked at it and I said, oh, my gosh, they spent like 30 bucks to send me two cans of two cases of Sundrop, which I didn't get at the store for 10 bucks. I, I felt really bad for whoever sent it. And then I, I didn't know it was you at the time. So that was then funny. it's funny. I uh, I had to shop around. Like if you try to get it on Amazon, you can't just like send somebody a case of soda. I should have just called the grocery store. Yeah, 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 that's what that, I should that, have done. That, that could be in uh, in LA. It's going to be harder to find, but you know, yes. back east, back east, uh, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, easy. not so hard. Anyway, so that'll keep you if you do get sleepy. You can drink it out of the propaganda report mug. <laughs> okay, was Ralph Jones deposed for seven hours? Can you he recap was. who is Ralph Jones and what's what the um, news is on him and why he was deposed? Uh, uh, Ralph Jones is the um, he's the. Um, head of the State Farm Arena ballot processing operation, including the absentee ballot tracking list. And uh, he was deposed for seven hours um, by the other two plaintiffs, uh, the attorney for the other two plaintiffs in the case. Um, we did not want to depose him yet because we want to collect more information first. Okay. Hopefully we'll get a chance and we've got a few more questions that he, he should ask, uh, answer. Uh, Kiara says, any, uh, at anyone who listened to all the hearings on NTD or RSBN was the nurse who worked in a warehouse with Dominion employees who noted failed chain of custody issues based in Georgia or a different state. Are you familiar with that story? I'm assuming that they're talking about Melissa Corona, I'm thinking, but she's not, oh. a, she's not a nurse though. That cutie? 
I think that's her. I, 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 that's the only one that I um, that comes to mind. All right. Well, it uh, might have been or, or, or you know, it's Bridget, Thorne. Bridget Thorne uh, also, but she's not a nurse, so the nurse is throwing me there. All right, we'll see. Uh, of MZ, am I missing something? Money given to the nonprofit for drop boxes with stipulations include any mention of taking responsibility for chain of custody. Oh, I guess there was, wasn't there private money contributed to the drop box thing? Yeah, I think that was the Zuckerberg money. And I keep getting this name of his CTCL or something like that. I think it was the name of his organization. And that, yeah, so the, the, the violations of equal protection and due process against the people of Georgia were funded in part by Zuckerberg money. We call him Zuckerbox. So. <laughs> William says Lindell says he's in possession of the traffic packets. Are they encrypted? Any comments on that? I, I think that traffic packets are encrypted, to my knowledge. Uh, traffic packets only have header information. They don't have any um, any detailed information. So I don't know how critical it is to um, encrypt the header information. Um, so it's not, you know, in other words, a traffic packet is not going to show you if I write a letter uh, to you and said, I love you or something, it's not going to show. Um, you know, it's be the traffic packet is just a subject. It's what we call the metadata of, of the message. It's not the message itself. Uh, would it help your court case if people supporting your effort still show up at Henry County Courthouse? Come on down. We'll look, uh, introduce yourself after the hearing. On, when, on, where, uh, how can we do that? Uh, Henry County Courthouse, 9 a.m. Um, on Monday, the 21st. It's at uh, One Courthouse Square in McDonough, Georgia. One Courthouse Square in McDonough, Georgia. Come on. It's on up on the second floor. Uh, small courtroom. Two at N-C-D-O-N-O-U-G-H. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Henry County Courthouse, 9 a.m. Monday, June 21st. It's at One Courthouse Square in McDonough, Georgia. Is that right? That's it. Yeah. All righty. We should be there. Let's get that up there. And the WebEx for that will be on the uh, site um, at um, once we get that. We still don't have a WebEx link, but to, to my knowledge. Okay. Um, any sightings on CNN of Gabe Sterling saying how safe an election? Yeah, that was election night. That was him on election night, right? It was on CNN in the place where people were counting, talking about how secure the whole thing is. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's now Raffensperger is kind of having to eat his words. He's oh yeah, uh, yeah, it was Raffensperger. That's who it was. He wants to do a, a, an investigation as to why the why the uh, forms for those 18,000 are missing. And um, the question is, well, why didn't you know that before? Uh, they were missing when, when Georgia Star did a report. They were missing when we did a report. So why are you just finding out about it now? And why are you, you know, weren't you checking the note back then? Weren't you checking and, for custody then? And what is his personal answer to why the, like Ralph Jones and those guys sent everybody home and then kept counting? What is Raffensperger's response to that? Well, 
Um, at Raffensperger actually, and Gabe Sterling admitted this in the CBS 60 Minutes interview that Raffensperger was the one who wanted the counting to continue after they'd already told everybody to go home. So the Secretary of State's office that, you know, um, either demanded that the counting uh, continue to Rick Barron, who was elections director, and then that, in fact, um, you know, Barron then told Ralph Jones to do that. So what's interesting there is that the Secretary of State basically was ordering them to violate Georgia law right. by, by, by starting the count back without the monitors. Yeah, now that you mention it, that sounds like I remember the story now. Natty says, what happens next if Amaro grants the dismissal? That's the judge. How will anyone ever get to see the ballots? Well, I'm, I'm going to um, remain confident here. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about the case being dismissed. And here's, here's what I'll say. I've always been confident about this. There's three motions that are being filed. And I'm going to try to explain what they are. The... Um, in addition to the stay of discovery. So this, there, there was a, stay, a stay of discovery that all depositions and so on are, are suspended for now until the judge rules on these motions. The first one is the Fulton County Board of Elections is saying that you can't sue us with the new sovereign immunity language. You have to sue the county. Now, they might be right. So the county is saying, well, wait a minute, you can't sue us because we don't control elections. The board does. Well, wait a minute. One of you two groups are, are responsible. You know, and you guys can point your fingers at one another, but one of you has got to step up to the table. Neither one of them is willing to step up to the table and take responsibility for what they did on November 3rd. Uh, well, that should tell you enough right there about whether or not there was any kind of election fraud of some kind. So they're pointing fingers at each other. Um, our position is, look, we don't care which one of you want to do it. Under section, what is it, 9, 11, 16, 21, or something like that, the judge can decide. The judge can decide who who should be the defendants of this case, and we'll go with whatever defendants you want to go with. Doesn't impact us. So our argument is, we'll let the judge decide. And um, you know, I think he had originally believed it was the county. So you know, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. So those are those two. Those are the two motions that each individual filed. In addition, I think it was the county who filed another motion to say that this was all moot uh, because we're not asking for relief in the future. We're only asking to, for relief in the past. Um, and uh, so the nutshell is we just changed our complaint slightly and to kind of trump that argument and make sure that the case is not dismissed. So I'm not really that worried about the case being dismissed. I think it's just only going to be delayed. I don't think we'll get a ruling um, on Monday necessarily. We might get a couple of rulings, but I don't think we're going to get the everything on Monday. We probably have to go another 30 days. And and the county has until July 10th to respond anyway. I think the county and the board well, do. They so, will take it. Yeah. Now, Bob Weidelfish said, I predict a nasty fire if Garland wins. I've thought that, too. When I heard there was a breach where the ballots were being stored, it did not surprise me at all. And if people think that that kind of thing doesn't happen, look up what happened. Basically, I think it was the day before Trump filed 
make uh, America great again as a logo or something. The storage facility that contained his testimony on behalf of Roy Cohn at Roy Cohn's disbarment hearing burned to the ground. So if you don't think that stuff happens, look up that true story. All right. Kiara says, did you notice Garland, when the state attorney answered questions from his office, that he all but stated that Georgia law does not intend to mesh perfectly with American constitutional expectations. Did you catch that? Uh, no, I didn't. But it is required to mesh perfectly with American constitutional uh, expectations. Um, very interesting. That's a yes. very interesting. I'd like to get more get, information on that. Get a look at that, Kiara, if you can give us a little more on that. Uh, we have a uni party system. I absolutely, I call it the welfare warfare super state. And I also call it the welfare warfare uniparty. There's no two ways about that. My analogy is the, is the football team. They have an offensive unit and a defensive unit. They have completely different objectives, but they play for the same team. Right. Uh, I, I don't think he would do this. Lydia asks, could Judge Amaro be concerned enough that those trying to stop this audit will do something extreme and jeopardize the case? Could the judge give permission to go ahead with the audit? Um, I, I don't think so. Here's why I don't think we're under the radar. And the reason we're under the radar is because no, I say that we're not we're publicly nationally known publicly, but but the case is not getting the kind of attention that Arizona got and the kind of, well, maybe not attention, but the kind of uh, distractions. And for several reasons. The, the first one is, we're all about election transparency. How can you take a stand against election transparency? Democrats and Republicans agree for election transparency. It's, it, there's, no, there's no issue about that. So we, we have no significant opposition from Democrats here in, in Georgia. Um, so that's that's the, the good thing. And, you know, we're not this is only about the ballots. It's not about voters and how they voted or where they qualified. So that's part of the issue that's coming up up in, in uh, Arizona. Um, you know, you've got the intimidation of voter type question, you know, arguments and that kind of thing. If, if you go out and try to check to see if voters were eligible for voting. So um, I don't think there's anybody's going to do anything extreme to um, stop the audit, at least, I mean, externally, um, right. coming from the outside. I just don't see that happening too much. I think we're, I think we're okay. Good. Uh, will yes. we be able to watch the hearing on Monday? Yes. Yes, it'll be, uh, WebEx uh, link will be on our voterga.org events tab. How about, Kevin has a question. Uh, what, what would be an acceptable election process? Pure paper ballots without any voting and tabulation machines going forward? Do you have yeah. an ideal easy answer to that? Yeah, so that's a, a good question. So um, we have always been in favor of hand-marked paper ballots. For the most part, we think that the ballot marking devices are too insecure to be used for everyone in the state. They only need to be used for the you know disabled voters or voters who really need them. Um, whether or not you could tabulate those, <clears throat> um, you know, with I, I'm I'm a, an IT guy, so I think you can run electronic tabulation, but it has to be transparent. You have to use open source software. You have to have audit procedures that are adequate. We have none of that. 
Uh, it's just you accept whatever the Secretary of State and the county elections officials tell you are the results. And that's not that's not an acceptable way to conduct elections. So good question from Kevin. He's, he's, Any, he's improving. Yes, yes, good. He's <laughs> he's here for election integrity. Let's yeah. let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. So Lydia says, any news on warehouse break-in? Not that I expected. Yeah, no, no real news on that. Um, they have not been able to explain. The board had a, a, a hearing last week. They still haven't produced the video from the from the break-in or whatever it was. The line went off. Uh, so um, nothing new on that. Uh, they still have no explanation as to why they couldn't secure or or monitor the warehouse properly in the first place. Um, and uh, we, I think our, the independent security is still out there as far as I know. Oh, good. OK. After this week, full of action with regard to your case, is your position now stronger or weaker? Oh, I think our position is stronger because basically now we've got the best news reporters in the country basically coming out with more facts that agree with what we've already said. Um, and we had uh, very pleased with the fact that John Solomon did a report. Uh, Paul Sperry has done a report. Um, and um, I'm forgetting who did the third report right now, because you know, the Georgia Stars have done some great reporting as well. So um, we're really, really pleased that these stories are breaking and they're showing the that we've been right all along. On the downside is it tips off the defense as to what we you know, might have come out with in court. But in all things considered, it, it's, uh, you know, I think it's probably a good thing. Positive. Kevin is improving. You're right, Garland. He says the election machines in Arizona, Florida and Georgia were all introduced by Republicans. So Republicans who blame the election voting machines should blame their own party. Is that an accurate? Is it Arizona, Florida and Georgia were all introduced by Republicans, right? Uh, I think that's true. But uh, let me just speak only for Georgia. And Kevin is absolutely right about that. Uh, we fought tooth and nail against the Republican establishment. Uh, and I fought with the Democrats and with the progressives really for 15 years, we've been fighting this. Uh, the machines in Georgia were brought in originally by a Democrat, Kathy Cox. The Republicans said that they were gonna fix the problem. That was Karen Hill and Brian Kemp. They never oh, did a thing. Those two. We were. You came on my radio show against both of those people when they were running because of their history of uh, either outright corruption or very suspicious decisions in their roles in the in elections specifically. Right, right. And, because uh, that's your area. Yeah, uh, but uh, very, very good point. That's exactly uh, correct. And yeah. and uh, and see, this is why the Democrats are not opposing what we're doing here in right. Georgia. They know that I've fought with them for 15 years. And our whole organization is nonpartisan and we fought with them. Well, we had a coalition of the, the progressives, the libertarians, and the conservatives. They all felt like they were being cheated by the Republican establishment. So right. now the shoe's on the other foot, uh, and uh, we it appears that you know the, Trump might have been cheated by the Republican establishment. So you know wh whatever it is, we're going to have to find out. Here's why Democrats who are interested in election integrity and feel that they have maybe been more often on the losing end of that right. should really care about this, because this is a way to get Republicans aware 
of the issue. And then maybe if the real truth comes out with the details, then you can get reform, whether it's on a state by state level or federal level with an informed electorate who cannot who will have real opinions about the best way to proceed and won't just be bamboozled with a bunch of like national media fast talking nonsense. Exactly. And and that's that's the best thing about this now. The Republicans have come on board. So you have to feel that you've been cheated before you really care about election integrity. Now right. we have now we have both the Democrats and the Republicans who believe that they've been cheated and, and they're probably both right. Right. So, sure. but, you know, hopefully we'll get to find out. Because the this these processes are obviously deeply flawed and unauditable. Okay. Uh, Scott says if Judge Amaro grants dismissal, what's your next move, Garland? I, I, I don't know. Uh, I have not th- thought that through. I'm so confident that we are going to get to inspect these ballots. Because remember, Got he's it. already he's already granted. Yeah, yeah. Not just conditional approval, he's already approved it. So um although it was was strange that he was almost like he was asking for a um uh, asking for a motion to dismiss at the last hearing, but I, I, what? I mean, the way that he put it, it sounded like he was asking for. One. No, that sounds bad. Uh, no, yeah, no, no. But you know, he said I haven't gotten a motion to dismiss in this case. It's like it was inviting for one, but um, that's it, terrifying. Don't yeah. tell me that. Well, it, it was scary, but the fact that he's ruling our favor every time, uh, and I, and the fact that the 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 motion that they filed, we feel we can trump. Yeah. So I just don't think it's a problem. And he's always ruled by the law. So um, we've got our little insurance policy and we think we'll be okay um, going, you know, going forward. So I haven't really, I know that sounds bad, but I haven't really, uh, don't have a plan. Uh, well, well don't, I, I, next maybe. It, it might be a little tricky for him to grant a motion to dismiss when all along he mm-hmm. has found that your case has merit. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. And that's what that's exactly what we that would I'm be tricky. To. So Bob says fact check pack packet captures contain all the data, not just the metadata. You want to fight back I, on that? Well, I don't think that's true. However, I'm not a network guy. I'm, I am. A, if he, if he's a, a high end networking geek by trade, I'm going to have to take his his word for it. So, okay. uh, I'm not. A, I was not aware that a packet contains the entire data of the of every message that goes across. But again, I'm not the. I'm not a network guy, so I'll have to defer to Fair. him. If he says that's the way it is, and he's and he does that by trade, then I'm going to have to uh, agree with him. You can't beat a guy at his own game. <laughs> that is a true fact. So, uh, just as a reminder, Henry County Courthouse, 9 a.m. Monday. That's two days from now. Uh, one courthouse square in McDonough. So, if people want to support Garland in person, he would love that. It's time. So Natty says, what did you learn in Arizona about shining UV light on ballots? Why did they stop? Well, I think they have a better um, approach now. And they, they're they using the digital SLR cameras with the mic, uh, what, we, what they call a quad camera microscopic um, uh, phot- photography. And I guess that you call it forensic photography. I think that's a lot better. 
and it's probably uh, faster because you can just take the picture and then you can look at it later. Um, so I think that's why they didn't. Uh, that's why they moved it. And there was other criticisms about it, but but I think from a speed and a a, a technology per perspective, what they have now is is significantly better. And we're looking at at using um, at least the the quad cameras here. Uh, we have. Are, do you have time for a few more questions? We're right okay. at an hour. Okay. okay. This is a huge question, though. I know you have an answer, but keep it as short as you need to. We don't want you to fall asleep or have to double up on the sun drop. So Jen Jen asks, what would be the safest, most honest fix for our system? I like the Liz Harris plan only in person on one day. No mail in except disabled and military small precincts, voter ID, forensic audits. You want to just can I take off those things for you? Do you like Liz oh Harris plans? Um, OK, so I haven't had time to really uh, go over that in detail. Her so. Why right, so in person I, on one day? So I think you know that we uh, believe in mail-in voting just because we have a lawsuit against the establishment you know, because the elections officials may have committed fraud. That doesn't mean we think that mail-in voting should be eliminated um, or, or or reduced. You as a voter should have the right to vote by mail. And the elections officials should make darn sure that that vote is counted correctly, which they seem to have so far. But they also need to make sure that no illegal votes are counted. So we um, would say uh, no to the first two. And um, small precincts are yes, absolutely, because and that's the law was actually improved to make the precincts smaller in the case of long lines over an hour. That was 202. Uh, Senate Bill 202, voter ID, yeah, uh, and forensic audits. Uh, definitely, we're, we're going to be fighting terrifically hard for forensic audits in the next legislative session. We already have voter ID on uh, the precinct small, you know, um, smaller than adjusted. So that would be a nutshell answer to, you know, five questions in one. I, I do. I want I want you to make this clear for people. Why do you want voter ID and how do you answer objections to it? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, you have to have an ID to do, you know, pre pre your authenticate yourself almost anything. I don't see any issue why you have to um, um, not do that for voting. However, I do agree that it needs to be fair to those people who don't have a driver's license. And that's the way most people authenticate. One of the ways they made it fair is by accepting a Georgia ID. You have all these different kinds of identification to vote. Um, so uh, if you don't have a driver's license, you can get a Georgia ID. I think it's free from the Secretary of State's office. So you can identify yourself that way. Uh, or there's quite a few other things that you can, that they accept for ID. So. So I think it's reasonable to ask somebody to, you know, to show an ID to vote or in some way, shape or form. But um, we, we have to make sure that it doesn't violate equal protection laws. OK, great. Uh, Gabriel Sterling, that AC Truth has a screenshot from Gabriel Sterling telling people to vote for anyone but Trump. He is a known never Trumper. Oh, I, I wish he needed to put that screenshot link to that screenshot in the in the chat. Oh, is there any like, way to share that, AC I'd like Truth? To, I'd like to see that. Have That's you met Carter Jones? 
Is that a different person from Ralph Jones? Um, I believe I met him one time during the audit at Fulton County. I think that was Carter Jones. I'm not sure, though. He seemed to have lighter hair then. But I've, I, I recall his name tag being Carter Jones. So I'm, so I'm not sure. I think I have met him, yes. There's a, AC Truth also says there was a Zoom call where you hear Rick Barron admitting the mobile voting units had Wi-Fi. Ooh, see, that's another good one. I'm going to have to... AC Truth. His name is going to be my uh, our information. Maybe it's Act Truth, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's good. No, I don't. I didn't have that. Can they keep filing motions? Is it is there any limit to how long they can go on filing motions one at a time? No, I don't think so. They have until July 10th to respond to our motion, which trumps theirs, and uh, then we'll have to see where we can go uh, from from there. But I think it should be. Okay. Um, so Garland, I guess you get a lot of uh, exposure on the war room because they are massive and they're all following developments in your case. Yeah, I enjoy being on war room. It's, uh, I, like, oh, you know, I, I, I like Steve Bannon. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, uh, I, I think he's a really straight guy. You know, uh, of all the people you could pick on in Trump's administration, I, mean, I don't know why some folks pick on Steve Bannon, but he, he just seems to. Well, he's. He seems to, Kind of a funny, like, I think I, I always thought it was weird that he was involved. I think he was involved in the Iran, like Carter's uh, failed attempt to rescue the hostages. I always thought that was a weird oh, backstory for him. Yeah, that is a weird box. I'd like to know more about that. One. I wasn't aware. Yeah. And he was at the Reagan inauguration. But I mean, that's not weird. But he was young in the service. Anyway, who knows? I don't really follow him, but uh, it's great that he is giving a forum for you to spread your word much, much further than I ever could. So, Garland, can you elaborate on Raffensperger trying to get election official fired for requesting an audit? It was in your testimony I posted on Twitter. What did he say or do? Will this person come forward? Well, uh, uh, it's extremely well known that he tried to, and in fact, actually succeeded in getting um, um Coffee County's uh, elections director, who you know now, thanks to our you hosting our April 19th event pod, podcast-a-thon, uh, but Misty Hampton uh, was, in fact, uh, eventually fired. Um, and she, uh, it wasn't that she requested an audit per se. She um, had pointed out there were a, a lot of problems with the uh Dominion voting machines, both in adjudication as well as in recounts, and their recount failed. So I think that's what it was. It was Missy Hampton would be in Coffee County. But another uh, elections director up in Floyd County was also fired after Gable Sterling uh, said that uh, suggested that he should be fired when they had a 2,700 vote difference up there. Uh, and he was actually uh, came down with COVID and couldn't uh, couldn't be there. But if the bottom line of both of these situations is the Dominion systems failed and the Dominion tax could not fix the problem. And Ravensburger, instead of getting Dominion, uh, you know, images and things they have to do to find out what what really happened. Ravensburger went into cover up mode and tried to attack the elections directors instead of trying to fix the problems with Dominion. So. Um, it just seems like he's in the pocket of uh, the voting system vendors. It's interesting, good. which would be consistent with why he chose that expensive, inferior path in the first place. 
True. So did anything in Carter Jones report surprise you? Um, not really. I thought it was tame, but what I really liked is the notes. And now there's two different things. The Carter Jones report has just a fairly tame report, which I didn't think was that great. Uh, but the what's good, what's more interesting is his notes. And that's that they're chronological for the entire election process. So, uh, and I'm still looking at those. I haven't had a chance to really go over those in detail, but I, I found more specific detailed information in those that could be helpful. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the good footnote. So uh, John says what Gabe says about the, quote, alone scanning is that nobody told the observers to go home. And uh, they had one of their officials there. Uh, right. So that now here's this is where you really have to a fine line in the truth. It is correct that nobody told the observers to go home. That's the line they use. What they did say is that oh, the right. scanning was going to stop for the night. And the observers hung around for a half an hour, and then they finally decided that, to go home. So, so uh, it's really clever how the Secretary of State's office, in this case, Gabe Sterling, um, and also, by the way, Francis Watson, who's the IG, it's interesting how they change the wording just a little bit to make it technically true, but incredibly misleading. Yes, yes, the, uh, absolutely. Uh, I have wild eyes, apparently, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. Um, do you know if anyone else has been deposed? Um, one of the Secretary of State's investigators was deposed, um, and that's about it. Um, I think it was Jim Calloway. So that, but that's the only two. Everything else is on hold. Is anyone investigating the money, like follow the money, the money for the machines, money as a thank you? Do you think anybody's on the job of really figuring out where people's incentives and motives might be coming from? We are not. Um, we are. Uh, I'm, I imagine somebody is. But we're, you know, we're laser focused on getting this inspection and getting account of the number of ballots. But but that's a great question. The money comes in indirectly. It's money and power. It's really hard to trace back. It's not easy um, to, to find it. OK, so Bob says that if you email him at Outlook, he will give you information about packets, which is nice. And we also we need AC Truth. Uh, a couple more questions. Okay. I don't think I got that email address. It's, it's Bob uh, Whitelfish, B-O-B-W-I-D-L-E-F-I-S-H. Yeah, he might be on, I think he might be on our voting list. Yeah, maybe. Uh, um, are you going to Lindell's upcoming symposium? Um, I have, I actually have not heard about it yet. Um, so um, if this, I'm not, I'm not sure that I know about when, when and where it is, and it depends on the court case and everything. I would like to. Right. But I have to find out more about it. Uh, Mexico has voter ID cards, they say. Um AC Truth is trying to say is trying to share the tweet, but I don't see it. Maybe we can uh, catch up with some of these next week or something. Okay, and uh, actually, 
people can email. Can, is do you have an email that people can send? Yeah, us that yeah, to? Uh, yeah. Why don't we do that? So it's uh, garlandf at photoga.net. Um, that'll get it to me, one way or the other. Garlandf at voterga.net. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, just if I, I would love to get so some that's information. Bob AC Truth, I think Kiara was going to give us some stuff. Mm-hmm. So please send that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think with that, we should give this a wrap and plan to meet again next week where we'll have see what happens on Monday in the courtroom which is Monday, Henry County Courthouse, one courthouse road or drive in McDonough. And that's um, 9 a.m. You're going to be there and a show of support would be appreciated. Also, don't forget that you uh, are going to have to pay for this inspection once it starts. And uh, if people want to contribute to that, a good place to go. Let me put it up here before we. So it's the last thing on the screen is VoterGA.org uh, slash. Well, I'm too far. VoterGA.org slash donate. I'm going to put that up again. Okay. Thanks, Very, Monica. Great, great show. Appreciate you. It is always a pleasure speaking to you, Garland. See you next weekend. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye bye.